Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am one of the pastors here at Compass Point Bible Church, and today with me again is Lead Pastor Paul Eastwood. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. I am doing good. And uh, we are home on a snow day today recording this, uh, giving you I a know. little peek behind the curtain in terms of what's going on. But you may hear some uh, noises in my house or stomping or around house. or things happening because the house is full of people right now. Yeah, between the children and the dogs in our various homes, uh, as well as our wives, of course, there's... Um, Lots going on. You got it. Welcome to life. This is how podcasts work. Um, We are going to dive in and talk a little bit about the second week of How to Read Your Bible, um, which uh, is about thinking. It's about using our minds and engaging with scripture. So Paul, give us a little recap from Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, as I began this study, I wasn't really sure exactly um, how it was going to go. It was kind of a last minute sort of substitution because things have changed so quickly because of some of our restrictions around COVID. Um, But regardless, (laughs) here we are. And uh, I've just really enjoyed getting into this and digging into this topic because what we recognize is that for so many of us, either we are in the place of yeah, I totally understand. I want to read the Bible more. I want to get better at this, but it's hard. Or people may mm. be in a place uh, this morning where they're thinking, hey, I, um, you know, I'm not really sure I believe any of this. Um, and reading the Bible is hard. And so regardless, I think what's common is that we all need to uh, develop the skill of actually uh, opening the word and reading it and, um, um, you know, for, for context and content and all that kind of stuff. So this is, uh, you know, really applicable. And the first thing yeah. that I wanted to mention about this this particular idea of thinking is really where I started on Sunday was this idea of meditating on, meditating on the Word of God day and night, which is a theme that comes up over and over again in Scripture. And meditating yeah. is essentially this prolonged listening in the presence of God. And I think that is um, is the next step. Once we learn how to listen well, the next mm. step is how do we think through a passage and reflect on it uh, so that it, it develops that meaning for us. Yeah. And I loved, you t- You talked a little bit on Sunday about meditation and meditation is this funny thing in Christian circles. Um, it's kind of coming back into popularity, if I can say it, but I know for a lot of people, uh, meditation holds some really negative connotations and, and some really people are skeptical, you know, are you talking new age mysticism here? And you, yeah. you on Sunday talked about, um, a lot of meditation in our culture today is focused on emptying ourselves and thinking about nothing, whereas Christian meditation uh, is is actually on like focusing it on the right thing. Is that kind of kind of getting that right? Exactly, there? filling our minds, as you said, and and I would yeah. say that Christian meditation only happens along with the Word of God. Mm. I, I don't think that I think that Christian meditation apart from the word of God, uh, might be prayer and it might be ways that we engage with God in other ways, but yeah. meditating, uh, in a, in a Christian context, particularly, I guess, in a Jewish historical context would be about this idea of chewing on the words of God and the words of scripture, allowing them to mm-hmm. be, um, something that we say over and over again. Um, you know, and for instance, meditation itself, the Hebrew word for meditation is really to mutter or to repeat or to, you know, use our mouths to kind of work through these things. And, uh, and it's amazing how much in an oral culture we can actually learn, um, you know, from them. Cause in an oral culture, when the, when this was written, there wasn't a lot of reading. It was more listening to the word of God being read or spoken. And, uh, yeah. and so I think for us in our context, we tend to want to read the word of God in our minds, like we read other books and, you know, set it aside for the day. But there is something really powerful about speaking it out loud and, um, saying it over and over again, memorizing it, sharing it with others, that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah. And I, I think like even thinking about, um, meditation and memorization and how they relate. I'm actually trying to see here. I, I suspect they come from the same Latin word, right? Like right. this, this idea that, um, it, it, yeah, it takes some focus and it takes the, I love that muttering right. to ourselves. So I, yeah, I, I would say if you struggle with this idea of meditation, start with, start with something that, you know, maybe it's John three sixteen or, mm-hmm. or one of the Psalms and, and kind of play with it over and over in your head and think on it. Um, what, um, like, what are the what are the barriers here, Paul? What what makes meditation really hard, and how do we push through those and and get to a point where it becomes part of our practices? Yeah, there's probably lots of variable, um, you know, barriers that are different for different people. But I think generally speaking, I mentioned this sort of in passing on Sunday, but I think it's worth noting again that uh, our our um, Western way of looking at literature or the written word is to apply it very quickly and to kind of move mm. through it fast. And so I think the major barrier for us is that we 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 look at a passage of scripture and then we move immediately to uh, our own, in, like in terms of application, what does this mean for me? And I think mm. there's a danger there if we skip the step of interpretation because it 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 allows us to to make the Bible say things that it never really meant to say if we're not careful. If we're not careful, we can take a passage and rip it out and use it for our own purposes. In fact, I, I'll tell you a story. I remember um, mm. being in Bible college and um, watching a, a student go up to the front and have a conversation with our with our professor. I was uh, TAing for a course at Heritage, and so I was sitting at the front of the class. And I watched yep. this conversation between a student and the prof, and it was actually quite emotional. You could see that the student was getting more and more upset and eventually walked away from the encounter with the professor and he was almost in tears. And so I approached him as he was packing up his bag and I said, Hey, do you want to go grab a coffee? Like, you know, things going okay. And he said, sure. So we, we wandered over to the coffee shop across from the, the, the college there and he began to tell me this story. And essentially he told this story of, of a wanting to follow Jesus, you know, leaving everything behind, a family business, all kinds of things to start mm-hmm. this new chapter in his life. And everything was going wrong. Difficulties were all over the place. He was struggling with his, you know, family, with his relationships, with all kinds of things. And he had held on to a verse of scripture that probably we all know from Jeremiah um, that says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and plans for a future. And so he was holding on to this verse as a life verse. And at some point in the class, he was told by the professor that this verse really doesn't apply to us. And, you know, okay, that, that, I think that's a bit of an overstatement, but what, what was being said was that we can't take a, a verse out of a narrative like that and say mm. automatically that God has like good plans for me, plans for me to prosper and plans for me to be successful. And so if I follow him, yeah. then nothing bad is going to happen mm. in my life. Well, what we find yeah. is that when we misapply scripture, we find the contradictions become overwhelming and that can be really hard. And so I think that it would do us well to interpret scripture carefully so that we don't misapply it to our lives and expect God to do things that he never intended to do in our lives. And so in that particular case, yes, you know, God cares about our future, but he doesn't automatically mean, it doesn't mean that if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll never have problems in your life. Um, You still do have problems, but the difference is the presence of God gives us hope. 
Um, anyways, it, so that kind of thing I think is seen over and over again, where people jump to application without actually taking the time to interpret the passage well. Yeah. And I think it's, um, one of the challenging things is the world we live in where you've got access to any teacher, preacher, uh, information source you want, right? Like if you want something to be true, go look for it on the internet. You'll probably find someone to back up what you want to be true. Um, and that, like, that includes us as Bible teachers and pastors, right? There are people who are better at interpreting scripture than others. And and I'm I'm not even talking in difference of interpreting, but there are some people who just interpret it in in kind of more, I want to say more selfish ways, more ways that are more conducive to making me feel good. Um, And that's not what the Bible is for, right? The Bible isn't a book to help us feel better about ourselves. It's a book to see God. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the quote that talks about you know, if you if you worship a God who agrees with you in everything, you've made up that God. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not the God of the Bible, right? No, like, exactly. If you, if there are no rubs, if there are no things that make you cringe a little bit or question things, then then you're probably not reading well. Um, and in fact, if you if you are wrestling and if you are struggling, that's probably a good sign that you are coming to the Bible uh, and letting it speak to you, at least in some ways. Um, right. So let let me ask, you you talk about, you know, the importance of doing this well. Um, You and I are, I'll I'll say, privileged in that we've spent years academically studying the Bible. Most people haven't. Most people listening to this podcast haven't haven't done that. Where do you start? Um, How do you, like, a a lot of people rely on you and and other people to kind of help interpret the Bible for them. Um, If people don't have formal training in the Bible... How do you how do you trust yourself when you come to interpret the Bible and, and what kind of tools are helpful in that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a great question. And and a lot for a lot of people, it causes people to stay away from from reading the Bible. And I'll only yeah, read interpretations or I'll only read Bible studies from people that I trust or something like that. Um and and in a way it 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 makes the Bible less uh, approachable. And what mm-hmm. I would say is that the beauty of the Bible is that it it continues to unfold and grow in front of you as you learn and as you read. And, you know, I told the story about Nathan and, and David and how, you know, in order to get a point across, Nathan told a story to David and he didn't yeah. realize the story was about him until the very end. The story is still a good story. And there are things that you can, you know, think about as you, as you listen to, um, you know, things that you read in the Bible. Um, and mm-hmm. over time, you'll begin to recognize that it's actually talking about you in different ways and you can begin to apply it. But yeah. I think, I think the, the beauty of, as I said, the beauty of this, of this book is that, um, it, it can be read right from the very beginning. Um, but it's only fully understood when it's read and reread and reread. And so what I would say is don't expect to come away from the Bible with these, absolutely earth shattering groundbreaking kind of new ideas um you know at you know on the very first pass like reading a passage for the first time but what i would right. say is that you can't get to that place of really loving and and appreciating the bible without reading it um at least once so start there mm. <laughs> so i would say open it and start reading it and i i talked about three really simple things observation interpretation mm. application yep. and if we can keep those things in the back of my mind uh, back of our minds when we read it doesn't matter what our training is what do i see what does it mean and then, um, you know, how does it work or how does it apply to me? And I would yeah. say that the interpretation part, if you need support or help, you can obviously use all kinds of resources that are available to you. 
but always keep it all with an open hand, recognizing mm-hmm. that, hey, I'm not an expert here, and I'm not I'm not going to think that anybody who writes anything on the internet or even anyone who preaches on Sunday morning is infallible because we all are <laughs> completely fallible. Yep. Um, yep. There are times that I've preached things and I look back and I say, ooh, you know, I wish I'd said that slightly differently, or I don't think that mm-hmm. came across the way I meant it. And so I think, I think that it's more about being exposed to the word of God on a regular basis. And that's step yeah. one. Um, you yeah. know, the interpretation and learning how to read it is, is part of the, is part of the journey. Yeah. And I, I love that, you know, you just kind of have to immerse yourself in it. Um, right. And it's something I think a lot of us are actually used to doing, but the Bible feels harder. So let I me, mean, the example that comes to mind for me is, um, pick a show you like to watch if you're if you're a TV person and most of us are uh, about any number of things right you can a show about medicine or about lawyers or about cars or or what have you you can walk into that show at first and not really know what's going on not know the details but the more you watch the more you pick up right. on the language the more you pick up on the themes the more you can kind of understand and we're we're used to that we we kind of think I'm not going to understand everything at first and I'll, I'll do it. It it just happens to be a little easier to do when you're vegging out on the couch as opposed to when you're reading something that was written in multiple languages over hundreds of years. Yeah. Let me give two really simple examples for people who are brand new or just starting out. I would Mm -hmm. say, take a short book of the Bible. Um, you know, something like, you know, one of the letters to John or, um, something in the new Testament, perhaps that's short and simple. The book of James, for instance, um, And, and read the whole book, uh, you know, several times in a week, just try Mm. something like that. So, um, the book of James doesn't take very long to read all the way through. You could probably read it in, you know, in one sitting, um, each night for a week, you could do that. Uh, or you could take a, a small book and read it, you know, um, three times a week or something like that. But the idea of repeating the reading will actually help um, help you see new ideas and new themes. So the one thing I would say yeah. is take a short book, read the whole thing. The second thing I would say is if, if that's too much, um, start with a verse, uh, find a, hmm. a verse or a small paragraph in the new Testament letters, um, and, and just write it out, um, put it on a piece of paper, revisit it every day. Um, try to memorize it. Think about it when you're walking the dog, think about it when you're driving in the car um, that's, that's a, that's a way of meditating on scripture that actually brings things to life that perhaps might surprise you if you try it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love those. And I love, I mean, the reminder again, um, these, these books of the Bible, uh, actually weren't, they weren't meant to be consumed as we often consume them verse by verse, right? Like right. we've added the verse markers, which are super helpful. Yeah. Um, but like new Testament letters actually were read verbally in one shot, like that's how they worked. And yep. Psalms were sung and, you know, the the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the stuff we all struggle to get through was actually memorized by everyone by the time they were, what, 16 or whatever exactly. it was. Like, like it's it's pretty wild. Maybe, maybe part of it is that we can engage with these things a little differently. Um, t- talk to me a little more. You, you uh, on Sunday, you walked us through an example uh, where you marked stuff up heavily. Um, do you... When you do that, do you do that in your actual Bibles? You have multiple colored pens. Like there's all kinds of different systems that people use. Do you yeah. write it down? Um, and how much, uh, like how much of, how much time does that take you? How big of a passage do you do at one time? Um, if someone's, you know, you've, you've touched on 
what is good for someone who's starting out? What about someone who's been around the church for a while, read through the Bible a number of times, but kind of wants to go that next step? Right. So, um, so those are, those are, are both really good questions and they're kind of related as well. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that, that taking the kind of approach that I did on Sunday with the passage, um, so that would be the way that I would approach a passage if I was going to teach it or preach it or, um, you know, draw something specific out of it. Uh, I am a person who marks up my Bible, but I don't mark it up to the extent that I did on Sunday when I look at, you know, grammar and the way things are written and all that kind of stuff. What I normally do is I would take a passage that I'm about to preach um, or I want to spend some time studying and I would print it out on a piece of paper. And then from there, I would mark it up and I would do all kinds of things with the with grammar and all that kind of stuff so that I can get a sense. In fact, one of the things that I found most helpful um, is is actually uh, uh, doing something that uh, kind of outlines the passage. And actually, I would suggest this is a good idea for anybody who wants to try something like this. And I'm trying to get an example here quickly as we do this. But what I would do is take, let's say I take a, a passage from, um, you know, the New Testament, like maybe a letter or something. And if you yep. take that passage and you you write out the paragraph, I put it on a piece of paper and then I go in and I actually um, space it in a different way. So for instance, Hmm. I'll start with, um, I don't know, what am I looking at here? Uh, So here's from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 5. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it so severely. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. So what I would say is I would start with the the beginning uh, sentence, if anyone has caused grief, and then I would kind of put on the next line down, uh, spaced over, I would say, as a result of this, he has not given you so much grieved you as he has grieved all of us. And then I would put a space down and I would move it. So I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that I would take a passage and actually use uh, the way that I type it out, you know, and, and and put spaces and tabs in to kind of show where things are related and which things are caused by which things and all that kind of stuff. Um, it tends to get really complicated. It's probably difficult to do on a podcast, um, but perhaps we could um, spend some time over the next little while showing some short little videos about how to break down a passage. Um, but yeah. in that context, I think there's something really unique about taking a passage and working through it. So, okay, all really complicated. I probably went down a bit of a rabbit trail. It wasn't very helpful, but you uh, asked. Yeah, <laughs> but you I, asked. I, like, so I just want to like yeah, to, to sum it up and maybe put a different twist on it. Um, even the act of taking a passage and writing it out yourself and breaking it up. I mean, you're not going to break it up like if you're not a Bible scholar, you're not a Bible scholar. And neither you or I, frankly, right. Paul, are Bible exactly. scholars. We've, we've learned from them, but yeah. um, maybe it looks different. Maybe it's in a journal. Maybe it's marking it on the page. But the act of spending time with the text in a different way as opposed yeah. to just reading it through. Like, I think that's the important thing here. And maybe it is writing it out. Maybe it is, uh, I know for some people, it's actually drawing it, if I can say right. that, like uh, annotating it beautifully and and adding things and that helps you. Uh, maybe it's, you know, using different colors and having a really defined system. But the, I think that the right question is, how are you engaging in a deeper way and yeah. using your mind to kind of help you meditate on scripture, but also think deeply about what does this mean? What does it mean in its context? And what is God trying to say to me now in this? Yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a really good, helpful um, sort of addition there to kind of explain that. Let me, let me add one more thing. If you are someone mm-hmm. who has been reading for a long time and you want to know where to start in terms of taking that to the next level. Uh, What I would just, what I would say is, is go to passages that you're not used to going to 
and mm-hmm. learn about the genre. So um, I, I've mentioned the Bible Project in many times before. I think I think there's lots of good things there. I mean, as with any you know leader or teacher on on the internet, you know, take it with a grain of salt and recognize that you know you may have things that are slightly different in terms of perspective. Um, learn and you know understand. But one thing I would say is in the Bible Project, they have these really interesting um, little video breakdowns of how to, for instance, read Hebrew poetry or how to read the epistles or the letters that we have or how to read the gospels and it's really interesting because it gives you this picture of what the genre was all meant to be and that gives you a a leg up when it comes to um, understanding what the author was trying to get across Um, so for instance if you're not used to reading hebrew poetry learn about hebrew poetry and then go back and take a uh, one of the psalms and read it and and use what you understand and what you've learned uh, to interpret the passage in a way that would be appropriate and helpful and those Bible Project videos, I will say, you know, everything is biased, but I think because they don't get into application in the same right. way, they're actually a lot less biased than most teachers or preachers Agreed. or resources out there. Agreed. They it's do a stuff. great job of kind of presenting like, here's historical context. I mean, it's all the work that scholars do. Yeah. Uh, it's not perfect again, but it... Um, yeah, you want to you want to dabble in the world of biblical scholarship, which is, is a fun world. Bible Project is such a good place to start. Yeah. Um, Paul, we are out of time, so I'm going to ask you to, to oh, wrap man. us up here. Any um, any closing thoughts? Any any kind of last tidbits you want to give for us? Uh, yeah, you know, I think I guess what I would say just to close is is that you know when we started talking about this idea of being formed um, at the beginning of the year, we talked about the idea that there are habits mm. and patterns that we can put in our life that are going to change us and transform us. And some of them are happening without us even knowing, but others we put in our lives intentionally to help us become more like Christ. Reading the Bible is one of those patterns or one of those habits that I believe is absolutely essential if we want to know God and if we want to understand ourselves and if we want to live with his will in our minds. And so what I would just suggest is that you allow the word of God to change you by coming to it, as we said right from the very beginning, prepared to listen without our biases, without hmm. with an indifference to our own ideas or our own thoughts, with the time that we need to just be quiet and allow God to speak. Because through the words of this of this book, He is speaking to us, and it can change us in dramatic ways um, if we listen and if we allow it and if we think it through. And so that's my challenge to you: is just that you read the Bible a little better this week than you did last week. And that through that, you come to know Christ in new ways and you begin to find new ways to align your life uh, with his way. And I think that's something that's pretty remarkable and and pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Uh, And thank you for those of you who are listening along. We will be back next week with more Postscript. Postscript.